The brilliant horizon is expansive and breathtaking. We take a moment to pause and reflect on the future ahead of us. We see it's filled with infinite possibilities. It does require us to take the first step of faith to move forward. The journey calls to an irresistible drawing of desire deep in your soul, beckoning you ever forward. We're filled with hope and possibility. You must deeply engage in your faith to propel you into inspired action. Come engage with Jennifer Duza and Karen Smith as they lead, encourage, and inspire you through life's pivotal choices. We will focus on leadership, mindset, business, entrepreneurship, faith, abundance, and building your dreams. Jennifer and Karen's personal stories will make you think, laugh, be inspired, deepen your faith, and help you fulfill your own God-given callings. The world needs your gifts and talents. They lie ahead on your brilliant horizon. Welcome to today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Brilliant Horizons, a leadership mastermind podcast. We have a review, don't we? <laughs> we have a review. It's by the way, review guys, time. <laughs> we love reviews, right. by the way. Go leave us one. Okay. This one says on point five stars from Rach B 5 Let's see here. Such a great podcast. Thank you for your encouragement and reminders that the daily choices we make to carry on or invest more deeply in skills and character matters in all facets of life and creates a richness and depth to life. Oh, I love it. Oh, I know. Awesome. I know. We really do uh, appreciate your feedback. Go and leave us comments on our Facebook page, Brilliant Horizons, or you can find Jennifer at Jennifer Duza Consulting on her Facebook page there. You can also find me at purelightleadership.com. Well, first, I want to start out today's episode by saying, hi, my name is Jennifer, and I'm a recovering perfectionist. Hello, everyone. This is Karen. And I also have to admit, I am a recovering perfectionist as well. How many of you guys can relate? If you're raise your hand, not if you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel. Um, how many of you out there can totally relate to being a perfectionist? Yes, yes, yes. We see your hands. We see you swerving on the highway because you didn't listen to Karen and you raised your hand. <laughs> I think there's a breeze coming from everybody waving their hands. <laughs> We are your group. We are your people. We totally get you. This was something that a few years ago, I started realizing that in my work in corporate America, I was striving for perfection over purpose. I was really doing everything within my power to strive for perfection. It is a zero sum game, isn't it, Jennifer? It sure yeah. is. We think that we're doing our best to live up to this high standard. And in reality, we're just running circles around ourselves and we'll leave ourselves exhausted, unfulfilled, and we won't even hit that high standard that we've set for ourselves. And mm -hmm. it just is a vicious cycle. And the sooner you can decide to get off of it, the better. I was at a leadership conference and someone said it's purpose over perfection. It was like the clouds opened up and I could hear the <laughs> angels singing. And it was that moment where I was like, shazam, that's it. Purpose over perfection. It became my mantra that year of 
purpose over perfection, purpose over perfection. And anything that I did so that I would remember, okay, put this project down. You have fulfilled and did everything on here that you needed to do. It's time to move on to something else. I love that. It's so powerful because purpose is something that's driven from inside of us, whereas perfection is generally driven from an external demand. And yes, it does have an inner base, but purpose is so solid and so in alignment with our priorities and our values. Whereas perfectionism is really living up to somebody else's standards. And you may not even like it anyway. You might be turning on that hamster wheel going, why am I even doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and as you know, as we revealed last week, we are definition dorks. Oh my so goodness. we need to make shirts, <laughs> hashtag definition dorks. <laughs> I know. Well, I think we revealed it two weeks ago, you know, being the perfectionist, I want to make sure I get that correct. So <laughs> Two weeks ago, we revealed that we are definition dorks. So of course, I looked up the definition for for perfection. Perfection is the condition, state, or quality of being free or free as possible from all flaws or defects. Mm. Let that process there for a second. Flaws or defects. Yeah, I guess I was striving for perfection. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to be looked at as a defect or having flaws. No, nobody does. Purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Love that. It's a totally different sense of energy that we bring to it. You know, purpose is about creation. And remember, we are created in God's image and he's a creator. So we also are creators. Bringing that level of energy into your work and your priorities and your family is totally different than perfectionism, which is simply this unattainable level that wipes your energy out. It leaves you discouraged and it doesn't really lead to a positive outcome. You might have some temporary amazing wins, but it's not sustainable, whereas purpose is sustainable who couldn't use some more sustainability in their life? Sustainability just means something that keeps things going year after year, or it regenerates itself. And, you know, coming from an agricultural background, we focus on sustainability all the time. I don't want to do that job six times when I can do it once. Or how do I care for the land in a way that keeps meeting the purpose that I have of feeding the world? But I can't be a perfectionist about it. I have to work with the ups and downs there. It's the same thing in our own life. Purpose is sustainable. Perfection is just a train wreck waiting to happen, as we both have experienced. (laughs) Perfectionism stops us from doing, because perfect isn't the plan. Purpose is doing it intentionally and having a purpose. You can use that word purpose in so many different ways. Am I doing something on purpose with intent or am I just kind of free flowing through that activity? And that's actually a really powerful point because for those of you who struggle with procrastination, ask yourself, is perfectionism at the base of my procrastination? I have to raise my hand and say guilty here. I've achieved an awful lot in my life, but I've have more lists of undone stuff just because for years I procrastinated because it was always about the fear of not being able to do it perfectly. So I just didn't even start. Whereas as I got older, I learned that it was better just to start and kind of fail my way forward. If you're stuck on something today, make yourself just take that first next step. Success really is a progression of a worthy purpose or ideal. Procrastination, when its core root is perfectionism, will derail you every single time. You're not always going to know how to do something. Think about the first time you learned how to ride a bike. 
wasn't perfect. And it's not supposed to be. You would be labeled a prodigy if you <laughs> got on your bike and just do, 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 see you later, mom and dad, and took off. We go through life learning things. And the minute we pick up a pencil, do we know how to write in cursive? No. No. Part of that is that you have to build that dexterity because you can't automatically just hold a pencil the right way. You have to build up those muscles. You also have to have that muscle memory of when I hold a pencil like this, I write letters. I sign my name. You know, many of us, when <laughs> we've been doing this at our house, when we have to sign our middle name rather than just our first and last name, when I sign Jennifer Dusa, it's very fast. But if I have to stop and sign my middle name, now that takes work. That takes thought. Yep. It's a different muscle memory that just hasn't been used as much. I think we get caught up in thinking and living for an external approval when we should really be focused on saying, you know what, I am enough and I do bring enough to the table. I do want people to hear a very big difference here of like perfectionism is this insatiable drive to do things because you just feel a sense of lack and unworthiness deep in your self-image. Whereas a sense of excellence and striving to get better at what you do is a much more powerfully motivating force that actually can move you forward in some really good ways. Like mm -hmm. um, that's how Michael Jordan got to be so good at what he does or um, the swimmer, Michael Phelps, they practice and they get a discipline um, going. But if you find yourself not taking action, ask yourself, is it because you're afraid of failure? In our lives, these and our, our world, we have made failure this catastrophic thing when it doesn't need to be. Do you know that the spaceship actually fails its way to the moon? It has to do corrections in the math and it's off course almost all the time, but it keeps changing the algorithm to get it closer and closer as it goes. And you think, wow, if they can do that with like the spaceship, why can't I do that in my own life? I make a, a move and if I need to course correct, I do. I make a move and I course correct a little bit. But if you're beating yourself up out of perfection, you're never going to get off first base. And we talked about that in our goal setting session. You don't just go, well, I got a flat tire on my way to go see Karen. So I'm just going to fix my tire, turn around and go home. No, I call Karen and I say, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little later. Or if there's a detour along my way, do I just go, oh, well, if that's the case, I'm just going to go home. No, I follow that detour. I take the roads that they tell me to take and I show up. It could be a little bit later. Maybe I show up a few minutes earlier. Maybe it's a new path that I didn't know was a way to get to Karen's house. I never knew before. And suddenly I'm getting there faster, 20 minutes faster than I would have had I stayed on my traditional path. Right, exactly. And I think that's the thing too, is perfection says that things have to happen exactly in a certain way. And it doesn't open us up to experience the beautiful spontaneity of things. All of us can think about a very serendipitous moment we had in our life where something totally unexpected and wonderful happened to us. And if we were only on the road to perfection, we would have never experienced that. Some lessons that you needed to learn or opportunities that would have come, you never would have figured them out if you had a chance it, to have everything that was perfect. Perfection is so toxic that it doesn't allow us to actually receive the compliment. So I don't know about in your own life, Jennifer, but I remember achieving a pretty big goal and I had done it really well. People were impressed and they were giving me kudos, but you know what? I couldn't even connect emotionally with the thanks because I was still sitting there going, well, that's all right, but 
I hate to break it to you guys, but I didn't get this one last little number perfect or the paint isn't perfect in this area. And I was so focused on still finding things that were wrong with it that I couldn't even receive the compliment for the hard work or the good that I did deliver. And that's another sign where you're focusing more on perfection versus saying, you know, did I strive for excellence? Did I have a personal standard of excellence that I was trying to go for? When I was reading that definition for perfection, it's a condition, state, or quality of being free or free as possible from all flaws or defects. That was, I think, one of the things that when we're striving for that perfectionism or for being perfect, we're surrendering to that feeling of people seeing us as being imperfect or less than desirable. Nobody wants to be looked at as less than desirable. Nobody wants to be that kid that's the last person picked to be on that team because you're giving that feeling of being less than desirable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a terrible feeling. Oh, it's we all remember that as kids. (laughs) It's terrible. And you know what? It happens even in adult relationships. You know, Mm -hmm. you go to a party or to a club or, I mean, you know, when people get back to meeting again, it can happen the same way. Or even when we're learning new skills, how many times as an adult, do you feel like you don't go learn a new skill because you don't want to be seen as imperfect? I remember being invited to one of those painting and wine parties, and I'm not a painter. I can paint the side of a barn really well, let me tell you, and a lot of times... But give me a brush and a canvas for beautiful artwork. No, not so good. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, like, do I really want to go spend my evening painting? I'm never going to be able to do this. And I just had to stop myself and say, you've been given a beautiful opportunity to connect with your friends. Why don't you just go and have fun? And who cares how your painting turns out? That was such a big shift for me because it just said, go and embrace the fun of it instead of worrying about that you are no Picasso. Yeah. I'm not a crafter either, Karen. I belonged to a mops group when my kids were little. There were some sessions that we did where we would have craft day and I hated craft day because here I am with all these other women who are creating all these beautiful masterpieces and I can't even draw a stick figure. So (laughs) it was terrible. I would literally give my craft pieces to somebody else and say, will you make this for me? Because I wanted it to look nice and I wanted to bring it home and it would be, I was even in that creating and looking for that perfection. And I would get so frustrated if my piece did not look right or look like somebody else's because I'm not very crafty. I'm not very artistic. And you know, what's really interesting when God finished creating the world, what did he say? He didn't say it's done and it's good. Mm -hmm. Did he say perfect? No. It isn't that interesting. You know, we know that God is perfect in all he does and creates. And yet he didn't say that. It really helps us realize like, wow, I just need to be focused on giving my best. And I need to be living up to what my priorities are, my purpose is. I think that's where the powerful energy around a purpose really helps you work through times of failure or when you don't see the other side very clearly. It keeps you out of the yuckiness of the perfection energy where you get stalled out or saying, well, I can't see this or that. I also think purpose requires us to engage our faith at a new level. Perfection eliminates. Yeah. Perfection wants to eliminate faith and say, you know what, this is all on you. And the reality is, is we're imperfect, fallible human beings. Whereas when you have purpose, faith brings you back into the realm of connecting with God, who is perfect and who does make all things new and, and brings about 
things in a way that could never have uh, happened otherwise. And it just reminds us that there is help available. And again, so you don't have to give into that yucky, low self-image, low self-worth feeling that perfectionism fills your mind and your body and your soul up with that toxic substance. And it's just gross. God never intended for us to be perfect. If we were perfect, or if he intended it for us to be perfect, there would be no need for the 10 commandments. Yep. Or the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. We We would be a real mess, wouldn't we, Jennifer? (laughs) We would. Well, I would. Yeah. (laughs) And that's where we need to say, let us choose to not hold ourselves to a level of perfectionism or perfectionist standards that God never intended for us. Yeah. It's such a relief to hear that, isn't it? And it's okay to make mistakes along the way. That's how we learn. Karen and I were talking about life's lessons and growing that you're going to encounter the same lesson over and over and over again until you learn that lesson. Mm -hmm. That's where God really intended. It's not just about as a parent, I'm going to sit down and let my child learn how to stack blocks. Do I run over and rescue and, and just stack the blocks for him? Or do I allow him to learn that if the, the block is a little off steady, it's going to fall down? He's got to learn that lesson. And God's not just going to step in. And because I prayed on something, he's going to rush in and rescue me. There are times when those prayers go unanswered and it's for a reason. He right. wants us to learn a lesson. Yeah, or it's saying, hey, you've already learned some tools. You need to engage in this. And you know, God always hears our prayers and he's always there for us. Sometimes we end up wanting to be rescued when God's like, look, you have the tools and you have your faith, rescue yourself. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that it used to be common where we had a lot more focus on the individual and the individual's ability to do things. We've taken that away from people in the last couple of generations where you do need to be able to stand up and take care of some of your own stuff. And it's very empowering actually to be able to do that. And it doesn't need to come from a perfectionist sense, but think about a situation like being able to change your own tire on your car, particularly for us women. That's not necessarily an easy job, but if you know you can do that, that's kind of empowering to feel that. I think in a lot of ways, God gives us tasks to learn that, wow, I can actually do this, or wow, I'm making a bigger deal out of this than I really need to. I just need to have a different perspective. Why am I expecting this to be perfect? That's what I love about nature. There's this beautiful combination of absolute created perfection from God, and then a lot of imperfection that happens and still brings so much good. I think about living in the mountains here in Colorado. You think about a stream, and it's never perfect. It's always at a different rate of flow, and sometimes it's really destructive, and sometimes it's just stunningly beautiful, but it still fulfills its purpose, and it has a purpose to make its way off the mountain and down into the ocean. It doesn't care if it's perfect, but it fulfills its purpose, Mm -hmm. and that's what nature works on, and that's what we should focus on, fulfilling our God-given purposes, not striving for perfection that just, frankly, leaves you in a yucky state and you just end up in total inertia and super high frustration, which is not a productive energy at all. (laughs) And it is freeing. Once we find freedom from that perfection, we live a life with purpose Mm -hmm. rather than living a life where we are bound by 
perfectionism. Absolutely. And it is when you release that, if you've already done this, you know the freedom that Jennifer and I are talking about. If you haven't done that yet, can I just say, just do it. You aren't going to fall as far as you think you are. The freedom is greater than the stress of carrying the perfection. Be willing to do that and just know that you're not alone in that journey of doing that. There's lots of people on there. You just got to decide to get off the perfectionist boat. And guess what? That's fully in your control. Do it earlier than others. And if if today's your day, go for it. <laughs> I found this great prayer. I felt like, gosh, I need to write this down for me. And I need to put it in my planner where I can see it on a regular basis. Press pause grab a pen and paper. Lord, help me to not be focused on perfection, but to be focused on you and your plan for me. That is so powerful. Mm, I love that. As we go through our day, you know, maybe that's a prayer that, I don't know, maybe I'm going to start saying that every day in the morning in my morning prayers, because I am still, although I'm saying it's not about perfection, it's about purpose. I still need to be reminded that what is my purpose here today? And that's where I need to turn it. It's not about us. Right. It's about what does he want for us today? Absolutely. And it's good to take self-inventory and say, am I slacking off on my purpose or have I actually fallen into perfection? There's a difference there. If you've fallen into perfection, just keep giving it up. If you know that you need to get back on track with your purpose, re-engage with your best effort and give your excellence again. I've been through that where sometimes I just get tired along the way and then I'll just disengage. And it's like, okay, you got to get back on the train and you got to start showing up again for yourself. It's just important to have the awareness. And even if today, just listening to this conversation that Jennifer and I are having, that you become aware that you have some perfectionist tendencies in your life, Count that as your win. Awareness is the first step to deciding you want to do something different. It's super powerful. I'd like to give you guys some tips that you can take out into your life. Jennifer, I love that prayer. I'm going to have to write that one down. I think I need that one on speed dial. Or can you tattoo it on my forehead? (laughs) I'll text it to you. Okay. (laughs) I love it. I'll write it on the bathroom mirror. There's six steps I'm going to give you here that you can embrace in your daily life. The first one shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Let go of comparison. I'm guilty of this. I'll see someone farther along in business than me and I'll think, oh, if I was only that good. Maybe you're in sports and you're looking at someone who's been playing the game of basketball for 20 more years than you have. And you just need to say, okay, I'm not going to do that. Just first be mindful and aware of whether or not you're engaging in comparison. And if you are, just stop and do some journaling, your team journal around why that might be. The second step is stop the negative self-talk. Remember, what you say to yourself is the most powerful words that your actually every cell in your body actually hears and ends up in vibration with. And so really being aware of how you are speaking to yourself and what self-image that you hold of yourself. I will say that I think this is the foundation piece of perfectionism is a low self-image, low self-esteem. Work on rewriting your self-image. It takes practice. It takes progress. I know for me, when I just even stopped, negative self-talk took me quite a while. 
And then I moved into a neutral space and I'm beginning to learn to speak more kindly to myself. It's amazing the transformation that brings. And then number three, separate your personal value and worth from your performance. I have to admit this one is the hardest one for me because I was raised where you were rewarded for your performance. So every time you did really well on a school test or you won a ribbon in 4-H at the fair or you won a scholarship, those things were really celebrated. And while the intent was good around it, what I learned to do was to tie my self-image to my performance. Well, the reality is, is you aren't always going to win. Sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. When I didn't win or wasn't at the top of my game, I would engage back in that negative self-talk and it created this really vicious cycle that was super non-productive. <laughs> the fourth one is focus on taking the next step on your goal versus catastrophizing the big picture. We always overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and underestimate what we can accomplish in five years. So give yourself a break. Maybe you're a new mom with two little ones in diapers at home and you haven't showered in 17 years and, and you just wonder like, is this ever going to end? Get through today instead of worrying about what five years from now looks like. Number five is celebrate along the way. Celebrate every win. It's so interesting when we're kids, we get celebrated for everything. And then you graduate from high school and all of a sudden, even sometimes people forget to celebrate your birthday. And you're like, wait a minute, birthdays? You're supposed to do cake and ice cream and presents and parties. I remember going through days at corporate America where nobody even knew it was my birthday. And I'm sitting there all day long thinking, it's my birthday. Like, this is a big deal. And not one of you even knows it or cares. <laughs> Um, to celebrate it. So don't forget to celebrate along the way. And then number six that Jennifer and I talked earlier is forgive yourself and learn to embrace failure. When you actually learn how to forgive yourself, I really believe that is the ignition fuel for completely changing your self-image. It gives yourself permission to fail occasionally on things and it will transform a lot of things for you. These six steps are really going to make a difference for you. Go back, write them down. These are ones that I actually was taught when I went through my training at the Proctor Gallagher Institute and have been quite impactful for me. And I still review them regularly because even though it's a longer list, when you spend some time thinking about it and journaling it, it makes a huge difference and in your life. It sure does. And I love the celebrating along the way. I love mm -hmm. to celebrate. So good. Even if it's the little things in life, that's one of the things that I've learned is I love celebrating the little things and it's the little things that do get me excited. It's about that perspective and all these other steps that that we've talked about in the last nine weeks is it all kind of comes together to provide us a different way of looking at things. And, and these six steps definitely work with that too. It is. It's really about learning to give yourself some grace. God gives us his abundant grace. Learn to give that to yourself and to others. If you've left the perfectionist journey, find someone to encourage along the way. Let them know. I've been there. You don't have to live this way. I share that story with someone and saying, hey, this isn't a good way to live and there's a better way to live. So come join mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you see your friend struggling, your sister struggling, whomever it might be, it doesn't matter if it's perfect. It'll happen. Good. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in today. We appreciate you being here. As always, guys, we're here. If you're struggling with perfection, you have two great coaches available to you to work through that. So come talk to us. We're here for you guys. Recovering perfectionists. Oh, that's Let's... right. Recovering perfectionists. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Yes. I think I might put that on my business card. <laughs>
I love it. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, have a fantastic week. Live with purpose. We look forward to seeing you guys again next week. Take care, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope you found value in what you heard today. Drop us a note to let us know your favorite takeaway or application from today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any episodes. While you're there, be sure to leave us a review. And as always, if you're ready to grow and advance your own God-given callings, contact Jennifer or Karen for personalized coaching. Don't let your dream go one more day without living it out.